on TV, online and <coughs> on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Hi there, inflation, recession and the US debt ceiling. It's got lawmakers around the world scrambling. So does America's debt ceiling deal mean it should now avoid Armageddon or is a global economic future actually looking still pretty bleak? I'm Aaron Young, let's get started. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Hello and welcome in. Even in a deeply divided Washington, doing things the same still seems to work. America has a history of debt ceiling debates with government after government staring down the barrel of a tough economic future before a deal is finally reached at the very last minute. But this time, it felt a little bit different. You see, we're coming off the back of a once-in-a-hundred-year pandemic, inflation soaring, there are fears of a global recession. Have a look. After weeks of negotiations... <clears throat> we have come to an agreement in principle. We still have a lot of work to do, but I believe this is an agreement in principle that's worthy of the American. So US President Joe Biden and Republican Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy reaching an agreement in principle, as you just heard, but an uphill battle continues to provide cost of living relief right around the world. And of course, in the US, a familiar story everywhere. In Europe, energy prices have shot up because of Russia's war in Ukraine. In Australia, the housing crisis continues too. Let's bring in senior economist from the Australia Institute, Matt Grudnov. Matt, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start off talking about the debt ceiling now. It's been passed, of course, through to after the next presidential election, so January 2025. A sigh of relief, do you think, for President Biden? Oh, absolutely. And a sigh of relief for the, the global economy and the markets. Um, there's, there's nothing that seems to disturb them more than, than, than the fear that, uh, for, for entirely political reasons, to be clear, that the US would default on its debt, which would, would be catastrophic for the economy. Um, and it, it's kind of this weird debate that we have every couple of years in the US. Um, and it seems quite strange to the rest of the world. Fortunately, we've got another deal. So uh, that should be averted. It's a man-made crisis, right? And now we're in this situation where we just have no idea uh, what the future holds when it comes to US borrowing. Okay, until 2025, does it now risk becoming the issue of next year's presidential election? Should it be a question of whether America should continue borrowing? Um, I don't think so. Um, to be clear, the, you know, people are uh, uh, quite happy to lend to the US. So there's there's no problem with the US finding people to um, to lend to them. Uh, there's no concern that they'll default on their, their debt for economic reasons rather than political reasons. This is just a, a rule that the US has where in order to go above a certain level, um, they need uh, uh, the, the parliament's approval um, in order to borrow more. But there's no economic reason. There's no um, actual reason to stop them from borrowing more. It's purely a political problem. Um, and to be honest, I don't know why they, they have this system. It doesn't appear to change very much. The deals they've reached aren't particularly huge or, or, or will, will alter the course um, of US debt particularly. Um, and so you've got to wonder why they continue to do this. What about the national deficit impacting America's credit rating? That could have an impact. Yeah, it could eventually. Um, but to be clear, we're, we're now over 30 trillion US dollars in debt um, and, and it doesn't appear to have impacted it so far. As I said, the markets are very happy. They, they snap US treasuries up um, and, and they quite like them because they're a safe 
um, and and there's no concern that 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 um, there's any economic issue with the default. Um, the U.S. continues to be the preeminent economy in the world. Uh, U.S. Treasuries continue to be a safe haven um, for money, um, and, and uh, the U.S. continues to borrow at very low interest rates. The last time the US flirted with this sort of disaster was back in 2011, of course, uh, and that was when there was concern that they may default because of that deal as well. Back then, we saw markets tumble. We saw it get harder for people to buy a house or buy a car. This was off the back of the recovery from the global financial crisis as well. Do you think dealmakers in Washington had seen what happened 12 years ago and said, we cannot right now deal with the consequences of that happening again, given we're still in a recovery mode from the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that uh, 2011 surprised everybody, including the politicians. And in particular, I think um, that it played out quite badly. Uh, back in 2011, of course, Obama was um, president um, and the uh, Republicans were the ones that were uh, threatening to block it. Um, and when it came right down to the wire, I think the Republicans found that it didn't play particularly well politically for them. And I think that was also part of the calculus of coming to a deal this time. Not only were the, the consequences uh, quite dramatic, but also that the Republican Party would be blamed for this, not necessarily um, the Democrats. Can you give us a bit of an idea of what sort of concessions Joe Biden has had to agree to to get this over the line? Yeah, so basically uh, spending over the next couple of years in the US will be largely flat. That's non-defence spending. Defence spending will continue to rise. Um, he's had to give up a number of things. So um, he's currently, because of the pandemic, got a freeze on student loan repayments. That will end in August. Um, there's uh, around their um, food stamps. Um, there's now going to be a, a, a more of a requirement for work up to the age of 54. So there's a number of things that the um, that the Democrats have had to give up on in order to get this through. That said, um, I mean. Uh, Biden has about 50 years of experience negotiating these kind of things. Um, and so it's not surprising that he was actually able to get a deal. Welfare has been tinkered with, but there's been no grand change, right? That's something Republicans have wanted to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and again, this is the case with most of these debt ceiling fights is there hasn't been any major change. The trajectory of debt is not going to change dramatically um, because of this deal. It will flatten it slightly, um, but um, it, there won't be any major changes, which, which again, um, beggars the question why, why they choose to have this debate every couple of years. Yeah, it is a good question because the rest of the world watches it and says, this doesn't make any sense. You seem to be putting yourself through this political nightmare of trying to get something past the whole world watches by unsure about whether America will come to an agreement, yet they still seem to be able to do it. And it happens both sides. It's like a tool for whoever runs Congress to be able to keep the White House in check. Yeah, absolutely. Both sides use it. Um, and particularly uh, as the US politics has become more and more polarizing, there is a concern that eventually we will have a, a particularly extreme group on either side that will choose to use it as a block. And we will actually get these devastating economic outcomes, not just for the US, but for the entire world. And so again, you've got to ask, 
well, why do they do this? Um, and and is this a good tool for for for, for how to deal with these problems? It, it also good to note, um, important to note that. Both sides, um, whether uh, it's the Republicans in the White House or the Democrats, um, the deficit has grown for both parties. So there seems to be the one bipartisan thing they seem to have is making the debt larger. Yeah, really interesting point. And what about the environment as well? That's something that a couple of the Democrats had actually wanted, and that's to make things a bit easier, getting permits passed as well. The White House wasn't really a fan of that, a bit worried. I mean, on the one hand, obviously the cost of energy has become uh, pretty high around the world, particularly in the US as well, after the war in Ukraine. But now these, en these environment projects and energy projects will be able to sail through a lot easier. Is that a concern? Yeah, it, it is a bit of a concern. Um, I mean, at the moment, climate change is a big issue for the Biden administration. They're putting a lot of effort and a lot of money and a lot of resources into reducing it. So some of these energy projects, particularly around gas, um, are a concern. Gas is still a fossil fuel. It's still going to add to uh, greenhouse gas emissions um, if it's expanded. Um, so yes, is a concern. And I'm sure that the Biden administration will watch that very carefully and be keen not to add to their uh, carbon emissions. We are talking to Matt Grudinoff from the Australia Institute. Do stay with us. When we come back, we'll speak about the global economy and whether or not reserve banks, federal banks right around the world actually have the tools to deal with inflation. I'm Aaron Young. Do stay with us. <music> 